0: Hello and welcome to the course. I'm your host today, Stephen, and I'm speaking with Professor Mia Yasui from the Crown Family School of Social Work, Policy, and Practice. Professor Yasui received her undergraduate degrees in comparative culture from Sophia University of Tokyo, and in psychology from the University of Oregon, where she also received her PhD in clinical psychology. Professor Yasui is also a licensed clinical psychologist and has become actively engaged in clinical practice during her predoctoral and postdoctoral training she's here today to talk to us about her career path and how she became a University of Chicago professor professor yasui thank you uh, for joining us on the course how are you doing today
1: um, I'm doing well thank you for having me
0: yeah it's our pleasure um could you just uh, briefly tell us uh, what your current position is and um, you know in uh, in in terms that that lay people like myself could understand uh, what what are your research interests and, and what do you do uh, in that role
1: yeah so I am an associate professor in the Uh, Crown Family School of Social Work, Policy, and Practice. I am actually a licensed uh, clinical psychologist, um, but I am housed in the School of Social Work, particularly because of my research. And also I think my training is clinical training as well. But my research focuses on the impact of culture and how that shapes family processes and child development, as well as how how culture influences the ways in which communities of color, uh, think about mental health, um, and help seeking and how that impacts service utilization.
0: Okay. Thank you. Um, could you just give us, uh, a a quick overview of your career path? So, uh, starting in college and, uh, you know, ending up obviously at the present day. Um, yeah. What, what are the different chapters of your journey then?
1: Yeah. So initially I actually, um, have two undergrad degrees, so in my first degree, I have a degree in comparative culture studies from um, Sofia University in Japan. and when I was um, in college, I was very interested in um, diverse cultures that was partly influenced by the, my upbringing because I lived up in different countries. But it was during my junior year I took a course in psychology um, that was taught by a professor. And that opened my eyes to just theories as well as approaches in psychology, how, um, how psychology can explain kind of human experiences, but also the connection between emotions and um, how we think, how we behave. And so based on this, um, I decided to seek kind of a career path in psychology. Now, at that time, I was really interested in seeking more what we call clinical practice. And so I knew that in order to be a counselor or a psychologist, one of the things I needed to do was to go to graduate school in psychology. And because in Japan, you, you can't shift measures. Once you're in a major, you uh, complete that major. Mm-hmm. I had the choice of either completing it or oh. um, transferring. And I ended up completing my degree and then deciding that I would want to continue with um, bachelor's in, in psychology because that was actually a prerequisite for going on to graduate school. So that then led me to actually go from Japan to the U.S. Um, I gave an undergraduate um, in psych. I only had to do kind of the major courses um, because I already had a bachelor's and then It was actually during that time when initially my pursuit was to go into clinical psychology to become a counselor and serve people, but I took my first research course, and that ignited me in terms of the world of research, and I found it so fascinating, and since then, I didn't really look back. I ended up going into the honors program, uh, writing an honors thesis that became my first first publication and i went on to graduate school and i think that my passion for research but also how it ties to clinical practice has always been the, at the core of my work even to this day
0: so uh yeah i understand that this uh sort of came out of the blue your your interest uh, in this field but uh looking back to when you were like a bit younger maybe like middle or high school age uh I don't know, what did you want to do? And and do you think there were any signs uh, that you ended up where you are now or no?
1: I would say when I was little, probably no. Actually, quite interestingly, I was not academically oriented. I mm-hmm. love to have fun. <laughs> and so um, I think even for my family, it's actually quite a surprise that I ended up in academia um, and as a professor. So it's uh, it's something that I think our family kind of jokes about. But I would definitely say that in high school, that was when the inklings of interest in kind of different cultures, but also well-being was something that uh, piqued my curiosity. Now, at that time, there were no courses in psychology offered in high school. So I really didn't have the opportunity, nor did I really understand much about the field. But I think that I was in a. I was in Singapore actually for high school, uh, located in an international school. And at that school, there was. I was just surrounded by people from different cultures, countries, uh, languages, religions, and that diversity was something that was so kind of exhilarating to know and be exposed to. And I really saw the beauty of um, just differences among amongst people and why people would believe certain beliefs, why did, what did they value, even within their family, what might be some of the practices that they engaged in. And I think that was something that has always intrigued me and has um, really been one of the reasons why I've, I do the work that I do today. So
0: can you tell me a little bit more about what led to this like aha moment where you decided um, that psychology and and this type of research were for you? Like, oh, what do you think it was that sort of clinched that in your mind?
1: So I think the aha moment was really when I took the course in psychology. And I think that one of the things that having grown up in different countries, uh, cultures, I had walked through my own um, journey, too, of trying to figure out who I was. I was born in Japan. I grew up in Hawaii, England, Singapore, and then had gone back to Japan. And so having been exposed to different cultures, living amongst different people, that really has kind of shaped who I am, but also realizing that um, coming back to my own country, I was not... um, I, I wasn't the same as everybody else in certain ways. And so that was something that I found um, when I took the course of psychology and the intersection of upbringing, human behavior. That was something that really led me to realize, wow, psychology is something that could really help explain and provide free work of understanding not only my life experiences, but also the ways in which I was fascinated why people would engage in. Um, certain behaviors why let's say families would uphold certain values and so that was something that it was almost like this point where I realized oh there's kind of conceptual frameworks that bring together all this information and explore and experience I like had, mm-hmm. and helps you make sense of that so that was something that I think I would say was more like the aha moment
0: yeah, you know, throughout your um, your PhD and and your sort of like early career, um, we're curious who were a few people who whose support was really important to you.
1: I would definitely say my family. I think what I told them initially when I wanted to go to go on to pursue a career path in psychology, um, go on to graduate school, I had mentioned before that I was not academically oriented as a child, and so I think there was some a leap of faith definitely for my family to send me and um, continue to support me. And so I think their unwavering support has always been something that I've been just so appreciative of um, throughout the years. They've encouraged me when times have been tough in the program, um, just reminding me that, you know, I've set on this path and um, that they're here to support me. And I think the other in terms of more kind of an intellectual path, is definitely my um, doctoral advisor. He was someone who was just prolific in his field. And I would say that he really showed me what it means to have integrity in terms of um, pursuing science. Um, The questions that um, he had also were drawn from kind of the clinical experiences and the work that he did really impacted families and children. And so I think that to be able to do the work that he did that would really make a change in people's lives was something that I, I really found, um, inspiring. And so I'm just very grateful for being able to have that mentorship and to have that role model when I was in graduate school.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about um, sort of, you know, what's going on in your field right now? I mean, like, what is particularly exciting to you uh, about your area of study these days?
1: So my area of study is trying to understand the impact of culture and how that shapes, um, particularly um, family process, mental health beliefs and health-seeking behavior. And I think that one of the things that is perhaps very relevant for people across cultures and perhaps even globally is the realization of the importance of mental health. Um, I think the COVID-19 pandemic has really opened the doors to this, um, shedding light to how mental health is actually an important part of um, overall health. And I think that um, that has really opened up, I think communities where mental health was stigmatized to, consider even the fact that mental health is something that we need to grapple with. So what I am excited about is that because of almost kind of a global awakening to the importance of mental health, there's more interest. I think there's also more opportunities to really educate and disseminate information about mental health, but also it allows broader communities and cultures to step in to also Teach us who have been kind of immersed in a culture and a system where we already have concepts and frameworks about mental health, but learn from other cultures how they might conceptualize it, how they think about creating as well. So I think that the increased awareness not only allows for, let's say, kind of the dissemination from maybe our Western models of mental health to the world, but I think it, my hope is that it's going to also open up kind of a crossover so that it allows uh, models of mental health that might be more locally kind of developed and understood to now inform what we do here in the U.S. or so even kind of um, in kind of more Euro- European countries where I think me- the mental health field has originally kind of um, is it- it originated in.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, my next question was going to be about how your international experiences have influenced you as a scholar. I mean, you, you mentioned how uh, just sort of having a, a global perspective, um, you know, ra- raised some of the, the questions that, that got you into this in the first place. But um, yeah, just going off of what you just said, uh, you know, could you talk a little bit more about, yeah, instances in which uh, either your your past experience, like, traveling the globe and, and living in other places or or just the ability to sort of share and, and compare research and practices uh, how that's impacted your work and, and what you've learned
1: yeah so as i mentioned before um growing up in different cultures i think that was key to why i have the interest in the work that i do when i think of the places that i have grown up the people who i who i've met and interacted with and learned from i've really come to the appreciation of realizing like that each person is just brings the the uniqueness. So they have obviously their individual uniqueness, but also when they are part of a group or a culture, there are certain practices, behaviors, and beliefs that really almost um describe why they do what they do. Hmm. And I think it just being exposed to really a multitude of that made me realize kind of the the span of diversity within kind of human beings and realizing that like how I mean maybe it's a, a funny way to say, it, but it was really beautiful to really see that diversity. Um, and being have the opportunity to realize that there's so much within each culture that is so intricately woven in um and has meaning and purpose that is based on that culture. And there's reasons why people behave in the way they do, and just seeing the variation of that, but also seeing the commonality of people caring one for one another, um, loving one another. I think that was something that I really kind of saw across uh, different cultural groups. So that was something that definitely was very important in my experience and has really shaped even the ways in which I, I think about diversity, but also within my work. I think the other part is realizing having grown up in different places, understanding kind of the position of always somewhat being the other or the outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, having to step into a culture that you're not kind of the majority uh, group of has really shaped the ways in which I learned to step in. To try to understand some, someone who might be from a very different background experience, who might have very different sets of beliefs. And the, I think the curiosity, but also the appreciation of being able to have that opportunity to kind of step across kind of cultures and figure out where, can, is there a way that we can bridge? Is there a point of contact or like shared understanding? And I think that having being able to do that, throughout my life and my hopes through my research as well. I think that the moment where you, when two people who come from very different places can connect and that moment of um, just having a shared moment of understanding um, is something that I, I really value. And so I think that has also been something that has driven why I do the work I do as well.
0: Cool, um so uh, talking a little bit about the work that you're currently doing, um, one thing or I guess two things that we've been asking people are uh, what are you know what are some fun aspects uh, of your current job and uh, is there anything in particular that's not so fun <laughs> about what you, you currently do?
1: Well, the fun aspect is definitely being able to do the work that I do the research that I do. I love being able to pursue the questions, have the ideas and being able to really have the freedom. Um, I really love being a faculty here because they really give you the freedom to pursue the questions that you have at hand. And I think I realize that's such a privilege. I I come. I just recognize that that is um, really something that I am uh, grateful for. I think being able to learn from my um, particularly research participants um, as we are either interviewing them or even like looking through their responses, realizing the the ways in which people have thought about mental health, how even small aspects of culture, whether it be their parents' upbringing and how that has shaped the ways in which they themselves have come to understand mental health and how that they've grappled with that with, their own understandings as they're learning about mental health, let's say from school or peer context, it's really kind of that, uh, very real kind of human experience, I think is really illuminated in, in the research that I do. And so when I'm able to being kind of in touch with that, to learn from that, that is, that's really exhilarating for me. I love learning about people. I love learning about the ways in which, um, how their identity, how their culture has shaped them, and what are the ways in which that has really shaped how they think about mental health, but also seek help. Um, so I think that's one. Uh, I would say one of the things that really excites me. I think the other part is being able to mentor students. I think I work in a team. Uh, social sciences is something that you can never do on your own. And I'm very, very grateful for the, the team of students that I lead, um, learning about their own journeys, their interests, and seeing what are the ways in which, through being part of my research lab, how can they gain training or kind of stretch themselves, either in knowledge or skills, and, and then seeing them go off on their own trajectories I think that's really been one of the blessings that I've had. And even recently, just seeing some of my uh, former students now becoming assistant professors or at the point of applying. And that's just been such a joy to see.
0: Yeah, that must be very cool.
1: Yeah. Um, You mentioned some of the not fun things. Um, I'm not an organized person by nature. So (laughs) I think the administrative part is always a struggle. For me, so that would probably be the not fun things, but honestly, that comes with, it's actually a skill that I've come to learn to try to put into practice, but it's an area that I still need to, to work harder on.
0: <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, so uh, wh- another thing that uh, we've been asking is just, you know, what, what are some things that you hope to do or, or areas that you maybe hope to explore later in your career?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my, my hope is that I will be continuing to do the work that I do. But I really, one of the things I really would love to see is that my work really can make a change within the communities I work with. Uh, but also, I think, within the area of clinical practice, um, the work that I do is very applied. Um, and therefore, it's directly research that can shape or um, guide the training of clinicians, mental health professionals, um, but also inform communities about mental health. And so my hope is, you know, years down the line that I actually see it come to you know, fruition, that it, I really don't want my work to stay within the ivory tower um, and just within the realm of academic kind of journals and research. I, it would really be my desire to see that it's really making a change and impact in the world.
0: That's interesting. I, I've heard that from uh, a number of your colleagues, and and uh, not only in in your school, but just sort of uh, across the university. Um, I, I don't know. Do do you think that there's uh, sort of a, a broadening of people's approach to <laughs> to the job of being an academic these days?
1: I think. Yeah, I think so. I think that particularly as, but I would say, in within obviously my area, but also beyond, I think that there's a lot that faculty you know researchers can do in terms of sharing information I think obviously when we go into academia and go into a tenure track job where we publish is the realm of kind of academic it really is the academic world we um for my for my discipline we publish in academic journals and the audience is going to be the people who are the same But the work that I think each and every one of us do at the university is tied to making changes in the world. And some of it may not be direct impact to people, but it may be systems or it could be um, products. And yet I think that's something that the public can really learn from and increase um, public understanding and awareness of why we might do the work we do, but also my hope is it also would actually open doors for. I kind of talked about that crossover mm-hmm. that it's not that information just just gets disseminated from an ivory tower to the world, but there's a kind of bidirectional interaction that, as um, academics, as we open the doors, we learn from the from the world and learn new ideas and new approaches that will lead to better. Um, better things and innovations in the work that we do. So, as
0: we wrap up, um, one uh, one last question we have is: uh, What advice would you give to people who are considering entering your field?
1: Yeah. So, my field, there are two routes um, you could end up. It didn't, depends on how far you go. Um, you could take the route that I initially went on, which was to. Go into whether it be social work or for some it might be going into uh, clinical psychology or the mental health field. You can go the route to um, become a you know a practicing clinician. The other route would be to go into academia. And again, what I would say is ultimately realize what your passion is. Uh, particularly for those who are going into academia, don't forget kind of what. What excited you? What drove you to the questions that you have? What were the things that led you to pursue a career path in academia? I think that without that passion, it's really difficult to continue to um, sustain yourself in academia and always come back to that because there'll be experiences um, throughout the course of your career path when sometimes you might end up thinking, oh, you know, does what I do matter? Or um, you might have to do certain things to, let's say, get through the hoops of whether it be, you know, getting tenure. But don't forget the the first thing, the first passion for the field that you have, and continue to um, remind yourself of it. Remind, continue to have the experiences to that would ignite you again of the passion. Um, for those who are going into the field of clinical practice, again, similarly, if your pa- passion is to serve people. Let that be at the core. And this is actually something that, particularly within the field of mental health, that people will go in with that passion, wanting to serve and help others with a desire for change and can get when kind of faced with many challenges of what their clients' experiences can be discouraged. But my, my advice would be is to go back to remembering why you first chose that path. Because that will that will bring you back to kind of a a position of clarity as to why you're doing what you're doing and the meaning and purpose of it.
0: Yeah, honestly, that sounds like pretty good advice for uh, for just about any field. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, thank you so much. Um, yeah, th- those are our questions, but uh, it has been really lovely speaking with you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us in the course.
1: Okay, thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: And course takers, if you enjoyed listening to today's interview please check out the other ones. Leave us a comment, subscribe, follow, and or share this episode with your friends and family. You can find out more about the University of Chicago through uchicago.edu or the university's campus in Hong Kong through uchicago.hk. Stay tuned for more, and we'll see you around.